Welcome to From Passion to Profit, Heart-Centered Strategies for Fit Pros, the podcast designed exclusively for fitness professionals driven by their passion to help others and the desire to succeed. I'm your host, Nicola Page, and I'm excited to have you join me. Each week, myself and guest speakers will be sharing strategies and tactics to help you attract and retain clients whilst creating a business that gives you the freedom, flexibility, and financial security you want. Ultimately, it's all about creating a successful small business that works for you as much as it does for your clients. I'm really pleased you're listening today, so let's dive straight in. Welcome to From Passion to Profit, where we talk about all things related to creating a successful health and fitness business. I'm your host, Nicola Page, and in this episode, we'll be looking at the four mistakes to avoid when you're signing up new clients. Firstly, though, we do need to understand why people make buying decisions in the first place. And then we need to make sure that we show them how what we are offering is the perfect solution. We need to make it as simple as possible for them to say yes. And we also need to have a process in place that doesn't leave money on the table, which is something I see happening a lot. It's a big mistake I'm keen for you to avoid. But how do people make buying decisions? Often we will assume that A buying decision is a logical thing that somebody goes, it makes sense that I purchase this program or buy this product. When in actual fact, it's not logic that causes us to make a buying decision. It's actually an emotional decision. We, and and regardless of what anybody says, we actually back rationalise after we've made the decision. But at the time of saying, yes, I want to sign up or yes, I want to buy this thing unless what we are buying is a matter of life and death, which is still an emotional decision. We will base the decision to say yes to something or no to something based on how it makes us feel. The, The brain is set up in a way to keep us safe. So if we are being positioned with or propositioned with something that someone is saying, like, you need to buy this because X, Y, and Z. If our subconscious brain is like, that doesn't make me feel safe, this is not the the best decision for you to make, you will get a sense of, yeah, no, I don't think that's for me. Or you will come up with a whole host of reasons as to why you shouldn't do that. I can't really afford it right now. I haven't got the time for that. Uh, I need to check with my, my significant other. Okay, there will be a whole host of reasons why somebody and probably these reasons you might be hearing from your prospective clients is all of these excuses, these barriers come up because they didn't feel, feel, which is an emotion, that this was the right decision for them. So the reason what we what we have to do with when we're positioning what we offer is we've got to make sure that we connect to those emotions. So how do we do that? Well, what we offer must show that it is the solution to get them from where they are to where they want to be. It's For most people, 
buying something, particularly what we do in the health and fitness industry, the reason why we're looking for a solution is because we want to move away from something that we're not happy with at the moment. Okay, so we want to move away from pain. You've probably heard from the, you know, the pain and pleasure principle. You want to move away from pain and over to pleasure. That's exactly what is happening, particularly in our industry. And it might be that it's physical pain, back pain, neck pain, whatever it is. It might be actual physical pain that they want to move away from, or it might be more emotional pain, how they're feeling about themselves, or it might be to do with their fitness. It could be anything. Whatever your business is providing, there is a there are pain points as to why somebody wants that solution in the first place. So we have to connect to that. We have to be able to show that what we are proposing that they do next is going to move them away from where they're at right now, which is something they don't want or they're confused about or they're worried about and so on. And then how what we're offering takes them over the bridge and over to the land of pleasure. So it gets them to where they want to be. Now, sometimes people don't necessarily know what it is they want. They, they're more fixated on what they don't want. You know, if, you, if, you're, if you've ever done a, a goal-setting session with a client for the first time and you've said, okay, tell me, so why are you here? What is it that you want? If you pay attention to what they're saying, what you'll actually hear, even though you've asked them, what is it you want? What you'll actually hear them say is, well, um, yeah, I'm really not fit enough or I don't like the way I look or I've put on too much weight or my back's really hurting. What they've just told you is what they don't want. Even though you specifically said, tell me what it is you want. It's because they are so entrenched in where they are at right now. Sometimes they don't know what they can have instead. So we have to paint that picture very clearly about what it is they want. So understanding that in order to make a buying decision, you've got to connect with somebody's emotions. It is our job in order to be able to help that person. Is it our job to take them over the bridge, away from the pain and over to pleasure? But what I see, the biggest mistake, number one, mistake number one that I see happening a lot is I hear and see fitness professionals who run their own business. I hear and see them talking about features, what's included, what they get access to far more than the outcomes. So, for example, it might be that you are um, offering a package that has got, they get access to 10 sessions. They're an hour long. You get um, a, a diet to follow. You'll get X number of exercises or you get access to a library of recorded workouts. That's features. That You've just listed what's included. That is not going to get the person to say yes, not on its own. You still need to say what's included, but you need to make sure that you link each one of your features to an outcome. Why is having access to a library of recorded videos of benefit to them? How does that help them 
take them over the bridge? How does having access to 10 hours worth of classes or sessions take them over the bridge? How does you giving them the right exercises to do take them over the bridge? You get my point. So the mistake number one is just listing features. Take a look at or think back to the last time that you spoke to somebody in a kind of a selling scenario where you was trying to get them to say yes to what you were offering. Did you just list the features? Because if you did, you wasn't connecting to that emotional part of the buying decision. And that's something you need to start to look at. How can you link your features to the outcomes? Mistake number two that I see happening is you is giving people too much choice or not enough. So, for example, if you have a membership on offer and you only want people to do one class a week, as an example, and you say, um, so here's here's what you can sign up to next it's a um, a membership it's once a week and you list even if you list all the features the features and the outcomes and you say is this something you'd like to do what you've done is you've given the choice of yes or no so by just offering somebody one thing that they could sign up to they've still got two choices yes or no so you've dramatically increased particularly if you're making mistake number one, which is not including outcomes, you've you've dramatically increased the chance of them saying no right now. Okay, so we want to avoid just offering one thing to somebody. The other mistake that's in line with this is offering too many options. So this is very common. There might be a once a week option, a twice a week option, a three times a week option. There might be another option where you could do it. It could be online. It could be offline. It could be a, a hybrid mix. It's like they're going to what's called, you know, paralysis analysis or analysis paralysis, whichever way around. It's the same thing. It's too overwhelming. If you are positioning all of these different options to somebody, they are going they are going to have to think about it. So this is where you start to hear, oh, let me, have you got some information you can send to me? Let me have a think about that. That's code for, I have no clue. You've just given me so much to think about. I don't know which one's right for me. So the mistake I see here is either giving one option, which means you've dramatically brought no into play, or giving too many options where you've just overwhelmed somebody. They don't know what they're doing. They need to go home and have a lie down in a dark room to think about it. So the best way to go about this is to offer two or three options. Because now if you offer two or three options to somebody, their choice now is, or you can ask them, which one of these feels best for you? You can even give your guidance as to which one you feel is the better option. So mistake number one, let's recap, mistake number one was just listing features without the outcomes. Stop doing that. Mistake number two is either giving one option or too many. So bring that down to, how can you bring that down to two or three maximum options for somebody to choose? There is something called the the rule of three. Okay, which is out, which is where the the ideal scenario is that you give somebody three 
choices. And that and people like to be in control. They don't like to feel like they're being backed into a corner. It's like, this is the thing you need to buy. Do you want it? Have it? It's like, oh, no, okay, there's three choices. I can think about which one of these is better for me and showcase how each one is slightly different. Then mistake number three is not asking if somebody wants to sign up. Again, I see this. Um, this is very common. So here's, here's how this one plays out. Somebody has signed up to your taster class. They come along to that taster class. They have an amazing time, of course, because you're great at what you do. You speak to them at the end. You say, how was it? Did you enjoy it? There's all of this conversation goes on. And then you say, oh, here's some information or have a think about if you want to sign up. Let me know if you would like to carry on. And off they go. Off they trot. You didn't ask them there and then. You didn't tell them what their options were and you didn't say, so which one do you want to move forward with? You, you just left the money on the table. The minute that person walks out the door without you even attempting to ask them if they want to sign up, the, as soon as they start, they walk out that, that door, the longer that goes, the colder they get. You're there to provide a service to somebody. You know that you can help them. And the only way that you can help them achieve the results they want is by them saying yes and signing up to what you are offering. But somehow this whole asking for the money side of things just gets in your head and it just stops you from actually getting somebody over the line. Is that you? Because if that's you, that's often that's down to a whole money mindset. You can do this in a way that is not pushy, that is not sousy, that's giving somebody the options of getting some more help. That's all it is. They've taken a step towards you, at least give them the option to move a bit closer, at least ask them if they would like more help rather than letting them go away and have a think about it because you feel slightly awkward about asking for the money. But also with that, you know, if you are asking, if you have got that now, you're like, yeah, I will always ask. I present what the options are. I ask them if they want to sign up and then I let them know, okay, great. I'll send you an email with a link in for you to sign up. No, they're going to go away and life is going to get in their way. Something is going to happen that whether that email gets through or not in the first place, whether there's something has occurred and, you know, they're really busy, they don't see the email. Now time goes by and they're still not signing up. And you're left thinking, do I follow up with them? Do I not? Are they going to do it? Are they not? Have a way in your business where if somebody has said, yes, I want to sign up to X program, that you can there and then say, great, here's a link you need to click on. Or if it's face-to-face, great, let's do your payment side of it now, get that part out of the way. So you, you you have some kind of payment system that you can take the money there and then rather than sending them an email after the fact and hoping that they follow through. Some people will, but there'll be a large portion of people, a large percentage of people that won't. And again, you've just left money on the table. And the fourth mistake is no follow-up. So the scenario goes like this. Somebody comes in 
has a consultation with you, seems really interested, maybe you didn't quite nail the outcomes or maybe you didn't ask them if they want to sign up there and then. And they go, yeah, let me think about that. So it wasn't a yes and it wasn't a no. So, okay, let's send me some information or I need to speak to my other half about that first or let me move some money around or whatever the myriad of excuses are. And off they trot and you're, you're left thinking, are they going to do it or are they not? And, and therefore you don't follow up. That's mistake number four. No follow-up and no consistent follow-up. Maybe you try and reach them the next day and you don't get an answer or you send them an email and there's no response. So you're like, oh, they obviously don't want it. Then that was a time waste. No, not necessarily so. You have to have a follow-up process that will continue to follow up with them for weeks, months, maybe even years. Something may have happened that affected their that decision to say yes to you at that particular time. But if you don't follow up, consistently follow up, somebody else will step in and they'll become their client. And I and I appreciate what I hear a lot is oh, I just feel too awkward. Is that not too being too pushy? I feel like I'm being desperate if I continue to follow them, follow them up. No. They came towards you because they were looking for a solution to a problem that they had. You have the answer to that. It was just at that time, for whatever reason, maybe some of the mistakes we've said here or or maybe there was something else that meant that they didn't sign up there and then. But they didn't say, no, I don't want it. I'm not interested. Thank you. Please don't contact me again. They said, let me think about it. Or, yeah, I'll come back to you. That was a maybe. So there, there are some stats, stats out there that said like 20% of people that, can't, that have an experience with you, first and foremost, 20% of those people will sign up straight away. They were already going to sign up with you. It didn't matter what you did unless it was completely awful. They were going to sign up. 20%. Easy. There are 20% of people, particularly if what you're offering is free, that will be like they're, they're, not, they're just not going to sign up no matter how great or amazing you are. They're just, yeah, they're not. Okay, and then you've got this big pot of 60 percent of people who could with a few more follow ups, with a bit more connection. Maybe they are not ready now, but if you follow up and consistently, they will do at some point in the future. I've had people that who I've had conversation with for my business who have I was felt sure that they were going to sign up there and then it didn't happen. But because I was consistent with the follow up two years later, they become a client. Because I stay in their minds. I keep connected. It might not be the right time for them there, but at some point in the future, unless they've gone somewhere else, you will be the the perfect solution. So have you got a strong follow-up? And if you haven't, you are, again, leaving money on the table. So don't forget to follow up. So let's just kind of re-look at what those four mistakes are for you to identify, are you making any of them? And if you are, your actions are to rectify that, to sort that part of your business out. So number, number, well, first and foremost, get really reconnect with that reason as to, you know, why are, how do people make their buying decisions in the first place? Mistake number one was, are you just showcasing the features without 
the outcomes. People need to see how what you are offering, what you are doing takes them over that bridge. And the only way they can do that is by you showcasing the outcomes they will get, the results they will get from working with you. Are you doing that or not? If you're not, start doing that. Mistake number two was looking at the number of options that you are giving people to work with you. How many are you offering? One, because if you are, you've just put no into play. Are you giving them too many options? Because if you are, you're confusing them, overwhelming them. So strip it down to two or three options. Mistake number three, are you even asking them if they want to sign up? Or do you get to that part of it and you just feel so awkward? It's like, oh, here's some information. I'll have a think about it and let me know. Find your way of being able to overcome that, whether it's your own money mindset or whether it's just just a a tweak in the way that you say things. But don't forget to ask, do they want to sign up? And then the final mistake was your follow-up. If you're not following up, you're leaving money on the table. Uh, uh, There's another term that's out there in the sales world is um, uh, the the follow-up part of your process, that the fortune is in the follow-up. So I hope you found this session useful and it's got you thinking about the different mistakes that you may be making. Pick one of them and rectify them if you've got more than one. Just pick one. Start from the beginning. Pick one. Change that. Improve that. But remember, the only way that you get to help more people is by positioning what you're offering in a way that they're going to say yes to. So I'm going to leave you with that. Take that action. And I really look forward to seeing you on the next session. Take care. Thanks for listening to From Passion to Profit. I've been your host, Nicola Page, and I'm on a mission to help as many fit pros as I can to create successful small businesses. And the best way for me to do that is to get this podcast out to as many fit pros as possible. I'd be really grateful you could help me to do that by sharing and leaving a review. And if you're looking for more personal support and strategies to help you grow your business, come and join our Health and Fitness Business Members Club. It's an extremely low-cost membership that gives you huge value each month. There's no long-term commitment. You can just simply cancel at any time. All the links on how to join the club are in the show notes.